Hello and welcome to Fireside Farmmaker, a podcast with John Mark Osborne and Michael Rashad talking about everything Farmmaker. Welcome to Fireside Filemaker. My name is John Mark Osborne. And I'm Michael Rashad. If you haven't heard yet, Filemaker Incorporated has changed its name to Claris International. And it's not just a name change, but a change in focus, philosophy, and direction for the company. And what we're going to do in this podcast is talk about it. There's not a lot of information about what they're going to do. There's a few things, but we're going to try to analyze some of the press releases and talk about things and, and give you a better understanding of possibly what's going on, even though we don't know what the future holds for Claris International, except that FileMaker is going to be a part of it. So the announcement was at this year's 2019 developer conference. That was on 8619. So what's been happening is, if you haven't heard, Brad Freitag is the new CEO. He was formerly the VP of sales, but now he's heading up the whole company. He is taking it in uh, basically another direction. He sees something else that they can do. And so they wanted to rebrand themselves into Claris International. And they had thousands of names as the story goes. And they kept going back to Claris because of what it means, what that you know, word Claris is defined as, is defined as clarity and illumination. And they think that best represents their technology for today and in the future. I'm actually wondering if if that name was just more of as much of a nod to history, Uh, although there aren't as many people like us, John, who've been around a long time, who remember and who worked with it when it was Claris. It absolutely is a a homage to to the Claris roots, definitely, no doubt about it. They're not bringing back Claris email or anything like that or Mac Paint, but it it is talking about, you know, that that name evokes something in people who know, who've been in the industry. Um, But again, I think they had thousands of names to choose from. They just felt like Claris by itself also was a good name as well as just, you know, representing their roots. You know, I am wondering, though, um, since you just brought that up, that you know had lots of names to choose from, I wonder whether this was in plan before Brad Freitag took over from Dominique Goupil. I would say that's a pretty good guess. I mean, they've got their Claris.com domain active. If you type it in, it goes right to the FileMaker.com website. But this stuff didn't just poof come out of anywhere you know nowhere this required a lot of thought and as you'll see as we go through these press releases and information we found it's a rather major change in the way that claris international not claris corporation which used to be called but claris international is going to do business and how they're going to see the market in general right and not only is it has been a big undertaking. It's involved a lot of people, a lot of planning, and I would suggest an enormous amount of money. Right, and I believe that uh, Apple helped out with the purchase of some of that stuff that that we're going to talk about. And they also probably had a big play in what they're doing. It's not just just FileMaker Incorporated or Claris International, which is going to take a while for us to get used to. It's it's Apple, you know, their... their, uh, you know, their father, they're, uh, you know, they're a subsidiary of the Apple computer, right? Call it Apple. It's Apple Incorporated now. And so you've got to understand that it's not just 
them making the decisions. It's also Apple being involved with it and also the market changing. They feel like they have to change. They focused in on FileMaker, made it a world-class app. I think they decided at this point that they can go out and look at different technologies and things like that and expand the company, make it bigger, do what they're originally doing with Claris Corporation, but in a different way that meets today's standards, today's technologies, what people want today. Yeah, it's interesting. And I wonder if any part of this has actually been driven by Apple themselves, because I think it's fairly accurate to say that a lot of people in the developer community have always felt that FileMaker was regarded by Apple as its stepchild. You know, we've we've got this kid, but we really don't know what to do with it. So we're just going to let it play on its own. And maybe that's changing. Maybe Apple is seeing that FileMaker is a much bigger tool in their arsenal than they ever considered it to be, even though they use it extensively internally. Absolutely. But I, I think that Apple's always played a part, no matter what. I've heard stories, and now I'm not uh, a fly on the wall. I'm not in there in the meetings and listening to what they're saying. But Apple comes over and looks over what they're doing and plays in that future of what they're going to try to do. So they've been a player, whether they it's been obvious from you know, outside of the company or not, they're definitely playing and, and on the board of directors for, you know, FileMaker Incorporated, now Claris International. So there's no doubt Apple plays a part in how much they decide on which things to do and, you know, exact features and things like that. That's hard to say, but they're definitely there because they're part of their bottom line. Right. That's a good point. So they also have a new logo. And if you haven't seen it, just go to the FileMaker.com website or you can type in Claris.com. It was designed by Siegel and Gale. And I want to read to you a little bit about it because it's interesting uh, how they designed it. And this is quotes from Siegel and Gale. You go, if you Google uh, Claris International logo, you'll find this on you know the internet. It says, round and angular forms are combined with the symbol to express a human and approachable personality while also evoking focus and precision. The arrangement of shapes suggests growth from a central point. The open space in the center of the symbol speaks to the idea of starting with a clean slate. That goes on for a while and they have a whole bunch of reasoning why the logo is. And, and you know, I would just take a look. It's interesting. You want to become familiar with this logo because you're going to see be seeing it a lot now. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, if you hadn't read it to me, I would have had no clue why they designed it that way. And I, I still don't even think I see that, but it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's more of one of those things that, uh, that you know, it's, it's representative or, uh, you know, it's they're trying to take and give you an idea what they're doing in, in a picture. And it's, it's really hard to do. I no, mean, it you is. Take, you take the database pros logo and you wonder what that's all about. I have, you know, five or six balls going in an upward direction, fairly straightforward. We're going to take you and, and improve your abilities. It's like a graph almost this one, not as sure about where they're going with it, but you know, it may just, uh, it may just grow on us. You know, we just, uh, I just thought I'd, you know, talk about it because it's interesting, you know, how this decision comes about when you're making this big giant change. I mean, a logo means a lot. You know, it, it identifies your company a lot. And I think you should, as a, as a, you know, somebody listening to this podcast, and if you're a FileMaker developer or, or really using FileMaker every day, just take a quick look at it. You should, you should understand what they're, uh, what they've got there with their logo so you can understand the company a little bit better. 
Right. Just as an interesting aside, I don't know whether you knew this, but uh, there was an article a number of years back about Coca-Cola. And the article said that if Coca-Cola had no assets, nothing other than its logo, the company would be worth $600 million. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I don't think uh, the logo invokes the same thing as Coca-Cola or even Apple Incorporated. I mean, that logo is one of the most recognized logos in the world. Uh, Coca-Cola, Apple, there's a couple others up there. But, you know, that's what it is. That's what they're trying to do. And I think you want to try to look at that logo so you understand where they're going and maybe read that about Siegel and Gale because we're all sitting here and you'll still be wondering by the end of this podcast where Claris exactly is going. We're going to give you an idea, but we won't know until they actually get there. They're probably going to, you know, buy some companies. They're going to develop some in-house stuff, improve Claris Connect, improve FileMaker, go to the cloud more and things like that. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. And just for the benefit of everybody who's listening, we're just surmising here. As I said at the be- as you said at the beginning, we really don't know very much. They haven't released very much. And the press releases and what little we can glean from what's on the internet are really all we know for sure. So a lot of this is just speculation and guessing. And, you know, we've got a lot of years behind us, so we're probably as good at guessing as anybody. And we'd, we'd like to hear everybody else's guesses. So if you have some guesses or some ideas what they're going to do, put them down in the comments. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before we go forward any further, I want to go backwards, back to Claris Corporation and remind everybody of what it's all about. So in 1987, it was a spinoff from Apple. And there was some turmoil about who was going to control them, whether it's a subsidiary or not. But you can look that stuff up. In 88, FileMaker purchased, or uh, Claris at that point, purchased FileMaker from Neshoba and then went on to change it, right? Well, I think it would, no, it was earlier than that, John. It was uh, it was at the back end of 86 that they actually published it because I started using it in 87 and they already owned it. Yeah, actually Neshoba had started calling it FileMaker already, but in from the wiki, it's definitely uh, 1988 is when uh, FileMaker purchased or when uh, Claris purchased FileMaker from Neshoba. Now, in 1998, they changed to FileMaker Incorporated. That was that big change where they focused in and got rid of all the products. And that's kind of where I want to go. I think this is going to be a fun exercise in seeing how many of these apps uh, you remember. Uh, what apps did Claris sell? How many can you name? You know what, what, What's the trivia here? So I'm going to go through some of these and make some comments about them, just to reminisce a little bit and understand where they came from. So Claris Emailer, probably everybody's heard about that one. I don't even remember that. Just an email app, you know, kind of like Mac Mail. But then they also had Claris Office Mail. I had forgotten about that one myself. I don't think it took off very, very far. You'll probably remember Claris Works. Oh, yeah. Which, of course, is the modern the, the modern day equivalent of that is Pages and Keynote and iWork and all those applications. Who knows how much code they share in common? That, that's hard to say. But uh, certainly at this point, those products aren't cross-platform anymore. So back then, Claris Works, or what eventually became Apple Works when Apple took it back, was a, a cross-platform app. And, it, and it, it, it's an interesting uh, story about David and Goliath because Claris actually 
dethroned Microsoft. And not many companies do that. I mean, you know, FileMaker or Claris has done it twice, once with FileMaker, defeating access by a long measure, and then also defeating Microsoft works with their Claris works and getting more bundle deals and things like that and getting more fanfare and people liked it better. Well, it's not it's not surprising. I mean, the uh, Microsoft software has always been overloaded with features and clunky and uh, they've never really been able to get it right, whereas FileMaker has done the complete opposite. Yeah, and I think Claris Works to a degree did that as well, just based on what people liked. We have MacWrite and MacWrite Pro, Mac Paint, Mac Project. I had to support Mac Project. It was not my favorite product to support. Mac Paint, Mac Draw, and Mac Draw Pro. HyperCard, remember, was over at Claris for a little bit, even though Apple developed it. Although Claris was Apple, but anyhow, that's a, a hair splitting there. You probably remember Bento. Yeah, I never understood Bento, but that was that was a long time after after Claris had gone by the wayside and it became FileMaker. Bento was a very strange decision. It just seemed like they were trying to produce a light version of FileMaker and put an enormous amount of resources and energy into it. And it just was never could understand why they bothered. That's exactly what it was. It was a drag and drop version of a database. But uh, yeah, it didn't live very long and it's gone and um, I never really liked it, but, uh, you know, I know how to go into managed database. So I'm very familiar with FileMaker. So I'm not the best person to, to give an opinion of, of Bento. Claris CAD, Claris Graphics Translator, SmartForm Designer and SmartForm Assistant. Amazing animation. If anybody remembers that one, that would be impressive. Amazing animation, a children's software package that they produced. I mean, it's, it's crazy, all the stuff they used to have. Claris homepage, Claris organizer, which eventually, once they, they went to FileMaker Incorporated, they sold to Palm and it became Palm Desktop, which Palm, as far as I know, is no longer around. Wow, this is really interesting because I don't remember hardly any of these. It's probably because I'm senile, but there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, the, uh, you know, I, I have a different perspective because I had to support all these products, right? I, I supported probably 90% of these products when I worked in Claris technical support. So I, I have a better memory of them. It makes sense that you remember them. But there's two at the end, uh, Claris Impact, which is a presentation program, which I helped test. So I got a little gold disc, uh, you know, that they framed and gave me. And then Claris Resolve which was previously in Formix spreadsheet that they, you know, bought and then gave the whole Claris interface design onto. So quite a list. I mean, that's about 20 different products there that they've been involved with and either developed or bought or, you know, created an interface for who knows what. But I think it's important to go back and reminisce about that because this is kind of what they're going to do now is what I see. I see them as you know, going and developing a product line again, whether that has fully to do with FileMaker or not. And, but also different that they're not going to probably be standalone apps are probably going to be things that are in the cloud that enhance your experience. And we'll get into some of the stuff that they talked about in their press release, which I think will give you a good idea.
Yeah, that's a very good point. And it it would seem that this is a logical step for for Farmaker International to change its name because they're now going to be releasing and buying up other companies. One of which, the first acquisition, as we know, is called Stamplay, which is being rebranded as Claris Connect. And that's a cloud-based solution. There isn't any desktop version. Whether they'll bring one out or not is another matter. I suspect they might. Yeah, they like to uh, call it a cloud integration hub. I think that's a very good way of describing Claris Connect or formerly called Stamplay because it takes a program and integrates it with things like Salesforce, Office 365, MailChimp, Google Maps, MySQL, very easily, very quickly. So you can do this stuff and integrate with these other services and improve what you're doing. So FileMakers are perfect as the beginning of that hub to pull that information in there, Google Map information. Maybe you want to send some emails with MailChimp. Who knows what you might want to do? From what I read in Wim de Court's white paper, and I read another article somewhere else that said it was literally what would take three or four hours writing the API can be done in five minutes using Claris Connect. So it's an exciting technology. I think the example they used was MailChimp. And yeah, that's definitely, uh, they were fully behind it. You know, Wim de Court and Saliant just love the technology. And I think it spells well for everybody that they've got this cool technology because you and I have both talked about native technologies before. And the trouble with using something outside of FileMaker and always trying to use what's inside of FileMaker first, but sometimes you do need to branch out. And if you have a product like this that's made by Claris International, both FileMaker and Claris Connect, that's almost like having the same product right there because they're always going to make sure they work together. They're always going to make sure they work with everything else. I mean, you still have the possibility of you know MailChimp changing but they don't usually change those APIs. They're going to stick to strict APIs so that we should have a pretty good connection between that and allow us to get more information into FileMaker-based solutions. Right. And I think the interesting thing from that standpoint is it'll put the writing API firmly in the hands of people like me who don't have the programming chops to go and write the code. I, I'd, a, I'm not terribly interested in it, but it's really outside of my sphere of interest and knowledge. But with Claris Connect, it might be as easy as, sounds like it's going to be as easy as drag and drop, and then we can all use it, which will be a great thing for everybody. Awesome point. Yeah, you could. I couldn't have said it better uh, about what it means for everybody else. That allows the creative people to be a creative because they don't have to know the APIs for all these solutions. And even if we did... Like Wim said, it takes them, you know, 10, 20, 30 times as long to do it without Claris Connect. So that's this is an important piece of software and important not just by itself, because lots of people will buy it to integrate with their non-FileMaker solutions, but it's very important for FileMaker. And you got to understand it's going to make our lives much easier. We're going to be able to build even more robust uh, solutions using this technology. Right. And Apple has paid for Stamplay, according to the press releases. And I read somewhere that they had paid 
in the region of 5.8 million euros, which is about $7 million. So it's a significant investment, even for a company as big as Apple. That number so surprised me. I would have thought it would have been more, but I'm not that familiar with the technology. We've only just read about it. We haven't actually used it. So we'll have to see when I get my hands on it, you know, what I can do with it and how, you know, how much I would have thought it would have been worth. But I was thinking hundreds of millions. But, hey, you know, what, what can you say? If, it, if that's what it's worth, get a good deal, right? Go to the bargain store. I also believe that there was another product that they were looking at buying or doing an integration with. And I don't remember the name of it. But if they had gone that route, it would have cost the hundreds of millions. So they went with the the newbie on the block, Stamplay, and bought it at, at what could be a bargain price. And now the gentleman who was the primary there, I think there were two people in the company, if I remember what you told me, is now going to be a product manager over at Claris International. He's coming in from Europe, I think Rome, they said, and he's going to move to Silicon Valley and, and work in the wedge and, and be a product manager to improve this product, you know, the Claris Connect. I'm excited. Wow. I wouldn't think you'd be excited about something outside of FileMaker, but that's cool. I like it. It just shows you how cool this is. Yeah, it's really cool because I'd love to be able to do the API stuff and be able to use it. And as I said, it's just too big a learning curve for me to learn considering I'm not going to do it very often. And if I have, when I have projects that require API expertise, I just hire somebody who's really good at it. You know, like Wim DeCourt, if you can afford him, but... Um, there are lots of people that are really good at that stuff, and I'm not one of them, but I might be soon. People are worried that FileMaker might be dead, and not a chance. It, there's no chance that FileMaker is dead at this point. It's just an enhancement to the product line. They will give it. It's their bread and butter. They're not making any money with Claris Connect right now. They're going to keep on developing FileMaker, keep on bringing out yearly new versions and things like that. It's going to keep on developing it. I mean, I must say, when I heard that they changed the name of the of the company, my initial reaction was, I can't believe they've just changed the name of the product and thrown away all the millions of dollars they've spent in brand name recognition. And then I was very relieved to hear that it was just the company, not FileMaker itself. Right, right. Thankfully, it's Claris. FileMaker, I'm guessing, is how it's going to look on the box, not Claris Maker or Claris only or whatever it's going to be. <laughs> so, But does anybody sell box software anymore? Right. I mean, can you actually find it? I don't think they make it. No, I don't think so. I, you know, but yeah, I it's just too expensive. I remember the days when uh, the manuals were like a book that came with the box software and they kept getting smaller and smaller. And then there was no more manual and it was just electronic. I'm not even sure they even give any electronic documentation anymore, <laughs> but you know, that's just the wave of the future. People want it to be less expensive and that's one way they did it. Well, the other thing is that people never read manuals anyway. So writing them is almost a waste of time and money. Right. <laughs> so the big question I think is we've gone through all this stuff. What's the future for Claris? That's what you want to know. And, and I don't think we anybody can answer that, even Claris, because they don't know exactly what they're going to do. The only thing that we can say is they have this Claris Connect, and they're going to probably make more products that are cloud-based. Well, I think they'll buy more products. I'm not sure they're going to 
create some new products to fill the need. I think if Apple's uh, made a commitment, as it seems they have, to enhancing and improving the FileMaker line, I think they're just going to go on an acquisition spree and buy three or four products, companies a year, and just roll them all in and bring the people who have developed them in-house and make the product better, but without going through the agony of creating something that's completely brand new. Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right on that. There there could possibly be the rare instance where they develop something from scratch because there's nothing out there. But I agree with you that that's what their history has been. They're going to you know let somebody in a garage develop something totally unique and cool and then buy it because that's what they can do. They're a big company and then they can brand it the way they want, put a better interface on it, do whatever. That's probably the route that they're going to go. Yeah, I think so. But I do want to emphasize, though, cloud-based. Now, I have a theory about what that means. And this is my theory. Because um, the first thing that, that was one of the first things I picked up on when I saw the announcement and migrating more and more to the cloud. And I think what it means is that they're going to start having virtual servers in the same way that Amazon AWS has virtual servers. And I wouldn't be surprised if Apple gets into that business and starts competing with Amazon. I think you're talking about more of a Salesforce type of situation where the data is stored in their database and you and they have control of your data basically, even though they're they're gonna respect its privacy, but it's not like your database is up there and you can take it down whenever you want. It's your data's up there in their database. No, I don't think that that's the case, John. I think it's just going to be like a hosting company themselves and you'll still have your files. You'll have a hosting instance when you buy a license for FileMaker, it'll come with a hosting instance for FileMaker server. And you'll still deploy FileMaker in the same way. You'll develop on the desktop, but you'll host it on that server, which will be your dedicated server. Which is basically what they do right now. It's just that it's on AWS. So uh, even though it's FileMaker in the cloud, it's what it is. But you're thinking that they'll have their own service. I think so. I, I I get what you're saying now, and that's that's a pretty good. I, that's an interesting uh, viewpoint on it, and they could be viewing there. I mean, why wouldn't Apple want something like that? They already have a lot of that kind of stuff anyhow, but not directly related to a database engine. And the you know the cloud services that Amazon have is where they make all their money. You know, the retail business is a small profit center, but the AWS is the big big money. Yeah, it's interesting how digital can can make such so much money because there's no there's no product to ship, there's no product, you know, you just it's just there and you 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 can expand upon that server, and put a bunch of people on it and get money over and over and over again. I mean, it, it's really a good concept. It's kind of the way I do business. I don't have any products. It's all services and, and electronic things and and it 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 creates a large percentage of, of revenue on each product because there's nothing to build. You just make copies of it. And I think that the whole digital 
you know, evolution is, is where uh, people need to go. And they have been going for the last couple of decades, you know, like the internet, the cloud, SaaS, mobile apps, all that kind of stuff is, is what they're, you know, what that digital evolution is. But now what, what FileMaker, or I should say, Claris International saying in their press releases is that the time right now is the digital transformation era. This era is, I'm going to read right from the press release because I don't want to, you know, mince words. I want to get it right. The era is powered by data and AI, orchestration and automation, building on the advancements in the cloud, mobile and APIs, all to create a new all to create new digital experiences, facilitating better outcomes for customers. Examples of such digital transformations are all around us, from Uber and Airbnb to self-driving cars and home automation. But it's even more than that, John. It's the fact that 90% of the stuff you watch on TV now is streamed. I mean, that's an incredible thing that you can stream a movie, you can rent a movie on iTunes, on Amazon, and start watching it immediately, even before it's finished downloading. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting when you take a step back and watch what's going on around you. So they say that this is the next wave of opportunity, the digital transformation era. I'm not sure there's even a paragraph adequately describes it, but they're trying to stay on that wave, you know, be a surfer and ride that wave. And they're, they're quoting again, their workplace innovation platform. They want to be the, the people who offer creative people the ability to be programmers. As I think we've talked about before. That's kind of the idea of what Claris is going to do to these technologies, make it so that us you know, I, I don't call myself a smart person. I'm just, you know, I'm just uh, really uh, try to uh, make sure that I I beat a subject down to death. I mean, it took me 25 years to learn FileMaker, for God's sakes. And, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm not like one of those guys that picks up Java in five seconds. And I think that's what Claris is all about. And they realize that still, that they're about making things accessible. And that's kind of what their workplace innovation platform is about. And where they're trying to, you know, take this whole entire you know uh new movement into the cloud and stuff and make it really easy for people to use so creative people can do what they do best and be creative so what they're doing i think is making the subject matter experts into the problem solvers because their tools are so easy to use and i think that's where they're going to go now the clarest platform from their from their press release is built on four pillars and i think those will give you an idea and you should go and read this in their press release. They're easy to find on the FileMaker.com or Claris.com website. You can go right to it, and it's right at the top section. But it says, the first thing is cloud first. All new technologies will be built in the cloud with active migration to the cloud while continuing to support hybrid on-premise customers. I find that word hybrid interesting because FileMaker is a hybrid right now. Right, we have FileMaker Pro on your desktop machine, which does a lot of the work, just gets the data from FileMaker Server, which can be up in the cloud. So, are they going to change FileMaker? Is that what they mean by that? That FileMaker is going to com be completely cloud-based, and there's going to be no application down on the desktop. Who knows? 
I hope not. Me too, but that's kind of sounds a little bit, you can see what I'm saying about that. That might sound like what they're saying. Yeah, I, I don't think that's what they're saying. I think it would be, I think it would be very difficult to reproduce the functionality that they've already managed to achieve with the FileMaker program and take make it completely cloud-based. I can see it still being all the development work will be done at desktop level. I, I really can. I just don't see that changing. I agree, especially when you see how FileMaker works and a lot of the, uh, you know, the workings go on on the desktop, even when you're connected up to a server and, and working on a hosted solution. A lot of the calculation work and, and the scripting work is all done locally, and that allows the server to do more than what it could do if it had to process all that stuff. So it's an interesting statement, and I wonder what they really mean by it. Uh, we will maybe possibly get answer to that in the future, and we'll try to report that for you. Their second pillar is native web and mobile experiences. Say, deliver web and mobile experiences with consistent application authoring and consumption experiences. So for me, the first thing that flashed in my man, mind was, does this mean FileMaker Go for Android? Well, that's a, an interesting question. And I suspect that we're going there, despite the fact that Steve Jobs absolutely said he'd never develop anything for Android. But, you know, he's been gone a long time now. And with the recent release of FM Live Code, which allows you to compile a FileMaker application into an Android application, I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's an acquisition in the making. I mean, it's certainly something people want, right? A cross-platform version of FileMaker Go, just like we have the Macintosh and Windows version for the desktop. Yep, absolutely. So the third pillar is API integrations and orchestration. Orchestrate workflow integrations to cloud and on-premise services. Now, this is basically Claris Connect. That's a definition of what it does. So I think we're going to see more of this kind of stuff. Who knows whether it's more modules added on to Claris yep. Connect, which they promised to, to keep updating it, or it's other products that do different things. Who knows? I think it's going to be both. And then the last pillar is emerging technologies. Enhance all FileMaker services with AI and advanced technologies such as AR and VR. I find this really, really interesting. Everybody know what, knows what AI is. And AI can, you know, be somewhat automation, right? But the AR and the VR is really interesting. And I want to read a description of, of what AR is. Augmented reality adds digital elements to a live view, often by using the camera on a smartphone. Examples of augmented reality experiences include Snapchat lenses and the game Pokemon Go. Now, virtual reality implies a complete immersion experience that shuts out the physical world using VR devices such as HTC Live, Oculus Rift, or Google Cardboard. So users can be transported in a number of real-world and managed environments. This just seems like, out of those first three pillars, so different and so not like Claris or uh, anything Claris or FileMaker has ever done. It sounds more like an Apple thing. Yeah. I'm still thinking that, that AR and VR are, at the moment, they're game 
really game related. There's not that many business practical solutions. I mean, there are some and the, you know, virtual tours and, and stuff like that, but I don't see how that would tie into a database solution like FileMaker, quite honestly. Right. So this is the part I think that we're talking about how Apple's foot the bill for, for purchasing Claris Connect and they're going to be footing the bill for possibly some other areas for Claris to go into. I mean, we can't say this for sure. I'm just saying, based on what they said, it looks like they want to go into areas they've never been in before. And, you know, I think we need to look at it and say, okay, this might be some interesting stuff coming out from Claris in the you know next couple of years. Yeah. Oh, I think it's going to be a very exciting time and you know, for all of us, I mean, this is a major policy shift within the FileMaker company. It really is. And as I said at the beginning, we don't know enough yet to do anything other than speculate and guess. And there's going to be a lot of people doing a lot of speculating. But as this is more fleshed out and becomes more and more, more knowledge becomes released, we'll be able to get a better glimpse into the future of where it's going based on what we know. And we don't know very much at this time. Yeah. It, it, we're just really trying to guess what the future will look like. I think we got an idea where they're going to go, but I don't even think Claris knows exactly where they're going to go. They have an idea, but as things come up, products come up, they may do some acquisitions. They may take and move Claris connect into some area. They may add a feature onto FileMaker. I mean, who knows what, what, it's going to look like in the future. But I think if you look at these four pillars, it'll give you an idea that they're going to go into some areas they expect them to go to based on the Claris Connect acquisition. But they're also going to go into areas that we may not have even thought that they would ever be interested in. I mean, a database company? Yep. I think they're, they're becoming a completely different company at this point. Well, it's certainly going to be exciting. And uh, yeah. It's definitely going to be exciting, and I'm looking forward to finding out what's going to happen. That's the best we can say, right? <laughs> so I think that's about all we have to say about uh, Claris International. We're excited about it, and we would look forward to having any kind of comments you would like to put below. Anything you've learned about it by Googling or talking to FileMaker employees, you know, just let us know and we'll be glad to try to uh, make sure everybody gets that information. Yeah, absolutely. And as with all our podcasts, we'd love to hear from, from the listeners. You know, put a comment, send us an email. Uh, we've had a couple of emails in the last couple of days from people who've enjoyed the podcast and it means an awful lot to both of us. Yeah, I can't uh, stress that enough or emphasize that enough. We are doing this for free because we love to do it, but it also really bumps up our, our enthusiasm when we hear people saying stuff. What was the, the last gentleman he said? He said, this is such a cool podcast, I think is yep. part of the sentence, but that really made me made my day. And, and you know, anything you guys can do to tell us what you want to see and, and things like that, we'd love to hear from you. So it's not just what we want to talk about. It's maybe some of the things you guys want to talk about that we didn't even think about. Absolutely. Well, this is Michael Rashad. I'm going to sign off. And I'm John Mark Osborne. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to Fireside Filemaker, a podcast with John Mark Osborne and Michael Richard. We'd love to hear what you think, so please email us at info at firesidefilemaker.com. That's info at firesidefilemaker.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.